Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. My name is Aaron. And I'm the other Aaron. And we have Tori Grace on with us today. Hello, is this thing on? <laughs> That'd be hilarious if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. False start. Hi, Tori. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, are we interviewing me? I'm just kidding. We, I'm doing great. I would actually love to <laughs> interview you I think that would be fun. Let's turn the magnifying glass. Wait, that doesn't okay. help. Let's turn <laughs> yeah. the mirror around. Oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Scott. <laughs> you I, are here up? today, though, Tori. I'm here today. You've been here in our little uh, studio office podcast room before. I have. We did an episode of Trendsetter Showroom with you, and mm-hmm. you played a song. I did, that I said I was going to put out as my next single, and I still haven't put it out. That's okay. Ooh. It's just These things sitting happen. in Which the Which song was it? Just Friends. Just Friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming out next, but I'm not sure, because that always seems <laughs> to change every time I'm about to put it out. So. We have options. We have options. It's just sitting in the vault. It's making It's just a sitting there collecting digital dust. Yes. Digital dust. That sounds like a like a um, girl pop group. Digital, digital dust. dust. I don't know. It's like the Powerpuff Girls. Opening four, that. digital dust. <laughs> 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 I wish everyone could see... This podcast because Tori Grace is notorious. Notori- no- notorious. 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 Gracious. <laughs> for looking absolutely bomb everywhere no, 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 she goes. No, she looks no, incredible. No. I think I've only I, seen you dress down once. When was that? The day you brought me peanut butter and broccoli when I had COVID. <laughs> what? And bread. And bread. White bread, peanut butter, and broccoli crowns from Kroger. Yes. Yes. That was what I asked he for when COVID. I had COVID because I couldn't taste anything, so I wanted the cheapest shit that I could eat. But it was like the OG COVID. It oh, yeah. Like, I had COVID, oh, I had COVID COVID. one. The 2020 COVID. I had COVID one. I had COVID one. one. <laughs> SARS one. <laughs> I didn't need all those extra fancy letters and Omicron 12.7B. Yeah. God. No, Sounds like I just math. had COVID one. Yeah. OxyClean too. And- <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but no, yes. Tori, you always come uh, glammed up. I never know when there's going to be a camera on my face. That's the way to live, my you dude. Know? But it depends because I feel like my morning routine is different based on where I'm going. Okay. So if I was like not doing anything else today, I would just probably look like not this. I would probably just roll out of bed. Uh, and come here in, in, you know, sweatpants with my hair pulled up. Me? Because that's Sunday. <laughs> that's the Sunday vibe. But I have a lot of gigs today, so I had to look ready to just go in case I run out of time. Where are you gigging today? Um, assembly, food hall. <gasps> we love assembly, assembly. food hall. Yes. The biggest food court in Nashville. Yes. Biggest rooftop in Nashville. <laughs> are you, wait, are you playing the, the rooftop or are you no, playing? No, not okay. the rooftop. You're just I playing, just playing the... like the food court part. It's, yeah, <laughs> no. The sky deck is dope. It is. I was just up there yesterday. Did you see uh, multi ultra play? No. Okay, I never mind then. Gigs. Who did I you played, see, or were you just hanging out? I was just hanging. I played in between. I played two gigs yesterday. So Fridays and Saturdays I play doubles. So one to four, eight to eleven. So then I have four to eight to do whatever, and I don't want to pay for parking twice. So I just hang preach. Out. I just eat all day. I walked then... to Broadway from here one day because I didn't want to park for cma fest yeah and like oh yeah even though it's we a walk mi- even though it's a mile walk it's fucking worth saving 45 dollars. honestly yeah with the way that things were blocked off anyway i ended up walking like a mile to all of my gigs during cma have you ever looked anyway. at the health app on your iphone where it tells yes. you how many steps you get <laughs> and it's silently judging you and it's like you only got a thousand steps today and you're like 
hey, well, I got 45,000 during CMA. I'm just yeah. balancing it out. Pool stop in that little radius at the Dive Motel, I walked five miles. Holy crap. But I also had my phone put down for like at least a yeah, third of the day. Yeah, I didn't carry day. my phone around the whole time. <laughs> so I probably walked like six or seven miles. <laughs> I only got into the pool one time that entire day. It do be that way. I was working harder than I've worked at most big tour stop shows. Really? Yeah. Heck I, yeah. I, I'd never worked with the venue before, so I didn't want to get hammered and just make like a shit impression. So I was just like walking around and, and do, doing the thing. You were. And trying Valiant. to sell merch and be Which in you charge. Which you show your frosted tips. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> I just posted a video of that on my uh, tour stop Instagram. The time lapse. Mm-hmm. I, it Wait, was... I watched it with the little th- the little mm-hmm. things. Uh-huh, and then you, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, so yep, yep, yep. this brings a, up a question. Are you one of the accounts, maybe either of you, that Instagram has chosen for what's called Reels Play bonuses? <sighs> I wish. Not yet. I just got picked for that. And there is no rhyme or reason for what makes – like what, what the bonus pays out. For example, yesterday I posted a – I used a sound and it's like Instagram is trying to use reels. But so here is a photo as a reel and that's it. And that got 900 views. But reels play said that 800 of them counted towards the bonus payout. Whereas today I posted the frosted tips video and it's been up for an hour and it's gotten like 5,000 views. And I just checked it and it said it's only been paid out for 200 bonus plays. So there is no rhyme or reason for what. Is making it work. I don't even know what that is. So. You know, uh, I've been so fixated on Instagram with these people that are making fake accounts of me and calling me Tony. Tori (laughs) is living out my reverse catfish dreams because I have always wanted to work on the show Catfish with you, I've always wanted to be on the show Catfish. Well, she's almost there because you have been having so many people make fake accounts of you. the same person. Using you, so how does it feel to be so gorgeous and amazing that people want to use your photos to catfish people? I don't even people? think it's that. I think somebody is just using my name to ask my friends for money because that did happen, and it was it was weird. The first one that went up, um, they messaged one of my like really old like best friends from Nebraska, and <laughs> he was like the best man in my wedding, like when I was married back in the day. And um, they were messaging him like, what's it like to be my fan? And how long have you been listening to my music? And what's your favorite song of mine? And he's like sitting there just answering as if like he's never talked to me before and sending me screenshots of it. And he's like, dude, it was so weird. And then they were like, could you maybe send me some money to go towards my next like project? And he's like, yeah, what's your cash app? And they sent, like, with some random name, a cash app. And then he was like, oh, it's not working. You have to send me money first. Awkward. <laughs> your friend <laughs> understood the assi- yes, assignment. Yes, he really wow. did. And he was just sending me, like, updates and screenshots and was like, this is so weird. This, like, girl was like, yeah, so what's what's it like to be my fan? And did you ever get this, the scam where someone was like, can you write a, son, or a, like a song for times. my birthday, my, my kid's birthday? Yeah. Even I got that scam and I don't write music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I would just the send oldest them, one Sorry, in the I don't write original music. <laughs> I write unoriginal music. But what's crazy is that <laughs> everyone's like, oh, I would never fall for that. And then the number of times I've seen people like, 
so it got me. I'm an idiot. And I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. Why would you send money to someone? <laughs> it's it's just it's just a completely out of this world thing. Like, and what what sucks is that a lot of our friends don't know that they're getting scammed sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember the first time that uh, of my knowledge that it happened to somebody that I knew and I was like okay if you were the first person to get that message you totally would have fallen for it. like if I was the first person to get like a hey I'll pay you $500 to write a song because honestly in the grand scheme of things $500 isn't really that much money Mm-mm. it like you got it you got to offer like a reasonable amount of money yeah so, yeah I, I got that really early on before I'd started seeing it pop up and as just a, a general rule, since I've done this before, I charge a 50% deposit and then uh, the other 50% upon completion. And they said they didn't want to do that. And I was like, mm, sorry. And then that was when I started seeing all these other people like, hey, I'm getting scammed. And I'm like, oh, oh I so dodged smart. that bullet. You're so smart. Yeah. Look at my smart friends. Woo! Look at you guys go. So, Tori, you've not gotten you've not actually fallen for one of these scams no i have not fallen for it yet but you know what they're always coming up with new ways to scam so they really are uh, i'm not gonna and see if you're listening to this there's a lot of different ways you can know that you're getting scammed but if anybody is asking you for money that you don't know it's a scam. Or that you do know that wouldn't normally ask you for money yeah if tori grace asked me for money over Instagram instead of being like, hey, can I ask you a question? Honestly, if I needed money, I would call my friend and be like, hey, I'm really embarrassed to ask you this, but I'm really struggling. Can I borrow some money? I'm broke. Also, but also, I don't think I would ask my friends. I think I'd ask my mom and dad. Yeah. So never mind. I would never ask somebody for money. I don't think I ever have. I've been broke as hell, but I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I say I have been. Same. <laughs> as, as if it's not a, an always. It's not, it's not that like omnipresent thing. It's never going away. Just we're. we're do you ever think about we how chose like, your, parents, your parents got laid once and then we have to pay rent forever? Yeah. All of the time. Wow. I Quote hate of the podcast Thanks, right there. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Quote of the podcast right there. <laughs> but also, we all work in entertainment slash media. People should not be asking us for money. Yeah, I mean, no. like, I have we no have money. nothing Go to give you. Go ask your friend who works for Oracle. They have Your money. cybersecurity <laughs> friends. Your medical your trust equipment fund sales friends. friends. <laughs> God. Yeah, back when I was in high school, a friend of mine went into a... Uh, what's it called, like a technical school or a trade school or mm-hmm, something? Mm-hmm. And the rest of us went to four-year universities. And he graduated after two years with a tech school degree in MRI machine repair. And wow. his first job out of college, he was 20, 20, started him off at $165,000 oh, a year my fixing God. MRIs. And it, it's like, great, I make, I make eight fifty at the Westlakes <laughs> per hour. And it's just like when when I see people making that kind of money, it sounds fake. It's like when somebody asks you, oh, what would you do with a million dollars? I'm like, let's scale it down a little. Ask me what I'd do with 10 grand because I don't know how to spend a million dollars. You can't see me on this podcast, but I have my mouth like open. Jaw dropped. Yeah. (laughs) $165,000. It sounds like like Monopoly money. Somebody. Oh, yeah. Somebody I went to high. No, middle school with who's my age. 
got married and bought a house with a pool in Northern Virginia, which is the second most expensive place to live next to literal like Los Angeles, California, by the age of 23. Why? How? I don't know. I don't know why. Why? Why? Just how? Yeah. Where? When? Why? (laughs) Like what? I don't even know. I I was uh, wow. I got married when I was 19 and worked two jobs to keep a roof over our heads because my ex was a lazy piece of shit and didn't want to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) What would you do with ten thousand dollars right now, Tori Grace? I because it's not like a change your life amount of money, but it's definitely like a cushion for like easy things. To be honest, if I had $10,000, I would pay off my credit card <laughs> so that I can stop living in debt. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, that's that's what that kind of money is for. I'm really close yeah. to paying my credit card off. Come on. I'm I'm like one month away from it. Let's I go. I paid off my credit card a year and a half ago, and then I went through a breakup and had to buy a new place to live and had two of my tires pop and had to replace both of those and had no money so you I were put talking it on a to the guy card. who's had so many tires <laughs> I pop know. In this town. that was like a series yes. for oh a while God. that was like a weekly occurrence you're yes. like i'm back at discount tires yes. yep. <laughs> i by the time i'd only lived here six months i think i'd had two flat tires and then i had like three flat tires when i lived in chattanooga yeah insane the, the i'm starting to think somebody garbage. is just like i'm gonna go stick a a nail in Aaron Shelp's tire <laughs> while he's asleep tonight. I think that it's uh, it's like a felony to repair potholes on the road without a permit or something like that. It's like you it's 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 illegal to do that because you have to be like certified to fix road shit. But I was like, oh, well, they're not fixing any of the I don't even want to call them potholes, grand canyons that are in all <laughs> of the roads around here. And like, OK, so on 8th Avenue up here, I'd use that road to get to work every day. And they'd been doing a whole bunch of uh, construction on, I would assume, the pipes underneath the roads. And they tore up like a mile and a half of the road. And they've been putting those big steel platforms over it. You know, just oh, those the, suck. The stick, big steel grates. Those are intense. One of them fell into one of the oh. holes. And there was like a four foot drop into the road. <gasps> and I called Nashville non emergency police and I got voicemail. No way. I got voicemail. Okay, so I have this friend that used to go around to pot uh, potholes and uh, spray paint penises into them <laughs> so that the state would just, like, pay for them to get covered. That sounds good. Yeah, so maybe we should... Doing God's work. Yeah. Oh yeah, my suffering God. for the gospel. By, yeah. by spraying dicks onto things? Yeah, just... <laughs> that sounds like something that I could get behind. You honestly, yeah. So my friend and I decided that one of these days we were just going to make a whole day of it. And just go spray paint dicks into all of the <laughs> potholes around town. Okay. Wow. No, the roads here are straight garbage. I know. Year and round, too. It's Oh, yeah. And I know I've heard people from, like, Colorado saying, it's like, oh, we have two seasons. We have winter and road repair. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I've never heard that. I've, you've never heard that? <laughs> no. We, we don't have that. We have all of the seasons, and it's always and somehow no road, road repair, repair and somehow never road repair. All seasons sans road repair. And yes. <laughs> do you ever, when you when you hit a pothole, do you like, oh, you're like, oh, I'm it, so sorry. You, uh, like, yes. apologize say, yes. to your car. I say, ouch, as if it hurts me personally. Yes, like, ouch, yes. Ouch. Sometimes it's painful. <laughs> if I, I've, I've said this for months. If I was still a news reporter, so if if you are a local news reporter, if you're a news reporter in general, you have to go in every day with a story pitch or sometimes like three story pitches that's like a full-fledged idea with interviews lined up, whatever, to decide what you're going to do. Uh, if I was still doing that, I would pitch two stories. I would do... 
um, the amount of flat tires in Nashville yep. compared to either the rest of Tennessee or the rest yes. of the country by calling like NTB or AAA like in the area to be, you know, how many calls you get yeah. a day or whatever. And I would do a um, a pothole one about call dot and be like, how many pothole requests or whatever do yeah. you because that that is I would love to such an issue but thank god I never have to think that way again so um if you're a local journalist and you hear this and you live in Nashville or somewhere with a lot of potholes you're welcome I and just you got your interview Aaron Cooper about it because for she's you. passionate about it free of um, charge <laughs> we have we have gone this whole episode so far without talking anything about Tori and her music. I feel like I we should care. do that. Every, at okay, some listen. Point. I, everybody that knows me knows that I do music, so it's fair. That's, enough. that's you know? honestly why I love the podcast is because it gives us an honest excuse to sit and talk to our friends in a way that's not like worky. Yeah. Because at all of the shows, we're always talking about like, hey, what's coming up? And no, sometime- that's exactly it. If you ask me, it's like. Ask me, like, what's coming up for Tori Grace? I'd be like, you already know I'm a musician. Obviously, I'm putting music out. Like, that's... But that's like, not always true. That's not news. There's plenty yeah, of... Yeah, but I've already put music out, which means I'm inevitably going to be putting more music out. Like, duh, I'm a musician. I'm an artist. I It'd write, be hilarious if you're like, I, write I put songs. out, got it from my mama, and now I'm done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my one hit wonder. Well, it's it's worth... It's totally worth commending and pointing out that you, of the friends we have in the Tour Stop community, are one of the, if not the most consistent music putter outer oh, that I see and not only do you put out music consistently each thing has a photo each thing has a theme each thing has a story and you have a schedule and that is really awesome so thanks. yay thanks <laughs> today on kissing Tori Grace's butt hey you want to pull it out for you <laughs> I am kidding. nothing if not a professional hype woman so I'm gonna hire you to follow me around and make me feel good about myself that's not the isn't first that time. just what a personal assistant's for yeah, but my <laughs> but my only job is to be like you're amazing. Be like I'm not feeling good about myself today. Aaron, come here. Aaron, come I here. I gotta tell you something. When I don't feel good about myself, or if I just like need somebody to like instill like woman power in me and tell me that I'm a badass bitch, I call Stevie Ray Stevens. She does do that because she is the oh, best. Yeah. At she that. does. She, she is just a. I know who I am. I know who you are. Person. Yep. She. she I hope she's that. listening to this. We should have her on. Stevie Ray Stevens, if you're listening. This is your official invitation <laughs> to be. I, there was a time in a, a past relationship of mine that I was just at the lowest of lows and was laying on the couch home alone, bawling my eyes out. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. I need to call, <laughs> I need to call Stevie. <laughs> and I need to be reminded who I am. I need, I need somebody to tell me that... I could get through this. I need somebody to tell me I'm not being stupid and I'm not being like I'm not being um like fair to myself, I right. guess. And I so I called her and I said, Hey, I'm really struggling. Can you just like hype me up for a second? And she's like, Talk to me. And I told her what was going on and I have never felt that powerful in my <laughs> life. I was like, I love you. And then I did something about my situation after that. Amazing. So. Shout out, Stevie Ray Stevens. Shout out, Stevie Ray Stevens. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. I forget how it is that uh, I met Stevie Ray, but it's probably the same as I met you just at Belcourt Taps. Yeah, honestly, that's how I met her. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Now I want sweet potato fries because you said Belcourt Taps. I was like, what? <laughs> Those were the best. Except for when they, they were, were kind of garlicky. 
They were kind of garlicky. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I miss that place dearly, but its closure did force us to grow up. Oh, stop no. that. Wait, I am that so makes emo. I want to cry. Wait. I didn't want to grow up. I wanted to live in Neverland forever with the Lost Boys and Peter Pan. I don't want to be told to grow up because I'm not going to change. Does no one know that song? What song is that? Simple Plan. I don't know what that Who is. Who sings that? Simple Plan. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is that a real, is the song called Simple Plan? Never mind. Never mind. Uh, I probably on. have heard it. <laughs> they do the, what's new Scooby-Doo? Coming after you. We're gonna solve that mystery. No, we don't know that theme song either from what's new Scooby-Doo? Simple Plan. All right. I give up on you people. Why aren't okay. you a singer? What? You're just singing into the microphone? Oh, no. No one wants that. She's I've definitely singer. heard worse singers at actual writer's rounds. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, Thanks, same. guys. I hate Plotless. saying that, but it's true. And see, I've, I've had to be the person to tell someone like, don't quit your day job. Like, health insurance is pretty swag. Like, yeah. <laughs> there have been so many iconic quotes You on get this paid a lot better than we do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know how I just asked you for money? Don't want to flip the turntables. <laughs> uh, no, don't make them turntables turn again. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> I just thought of, like, there was, like, this vlog of the Jonas Brothers, and they said... <laughs> Oh, how the tables have turned after they <gasps> literally like picked up the table and turned it around. And they recreated the video 10 years later. Yes, there they did. <laughs> Shout out to the Jonas Brothers. Shout out to the they Jonas Brothers. They don't get enough love. Actually, they probably do, but I love the Jonas Brothers. Do you have anything to say on the Jonas Brothers? This is Aaron? me outing myself. Uh, the Joe I Bros? love the Jonas Brothers. I mean, I remember the Joe Bros in their prime because that was. They are still in their I prime. I go way back I mean, to I Nick Jonas than, singing I'm Time for Me to Fly, okay? Time for me to fly. The year 3000 was when they peaked. No. Yes. No. Will, our producer, is over there nodding his head. You year know what? 3000? Huh? Like two months ago, <laughs> I had a segment on my radio show where I did a whole thing about um, why Kevin Jonas is the most underrated Jonas brother. Yeah. And I had people call me <laughs> and they were like, yes, I wrote a whole essay in college about why Kevin Jonas is the best Jonas brother. I and I want to read it. He's the Wait, most so like level headed, I think. Joe. And then there's the fourth one. Frankie, the bonus. Frankie bonus Jonas. <laughs> okay, but now Frankie's like popped off on TikTok. Like Frankie is a celebrity of his own. He really is. He's hosting a show with Kevin on uh I think it's ABC or CBS. I think it's ABC. It's called uh Afterthought. What? That's what it could be called, just because he's, he's just oh, sad. Oh, accidents so happen. <laughs> it was—I don't remember what it's called, but it's a—it's a reality show where there's a bunch of young people, and they have a famous relative, but nobody knows who the famous relatives are, and the other people are trying to guess who the famous relative is. And I don't know any—I've never seen an episode. I don't know anything else. But people is, are running out of ideas for. Is that like? Do when, you? Didn't they have like a reality show that just highlighted like the Jonas brother, like the whole Jonas family's life? Oh, it was it something was like, like Leave It to Jonas, but that wasn't was, what it was. And it was like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It wasn't like the like the TV show on Disney. No, it, it was, was a, like it was a show about Kevin and Danielle being yeah, married, having marital issues, and they just like highlighted <laughs> <laughs> highlighted the worst of their relationship, how they were always. Fighting. Well, it's because what people—it's what the people wanted to see. Because nobody wants to watch TV of people getting they, people along. People just wanted to hate Kevin even more. 
You know what? I was having a conversation with a friend of mine back in Chattanooga. You just said the most amazing thing, and I feel like you will resonate with this. The reason why reality TV shows are the way they are when it comes to like the drama and the intense and why we as people, and I'm sure us as creatives, have wanted like, oh, I want at one point in their life, oh, I want this intense, like passionate, burning, exciting love and romance because no one wants to think about or watch the actual peaceful, like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's neutral. Yeah, we're just eating a pizza watching The Bachelor. Yeah. yeah. Like, no I one was just thinking about The Bachelor at, in my head. Yes. Maybe, maybe well, it's, you were talking. Maybe, maybe it's us. Maybe, Have you guys- may, maybe, maybe me and you are destined to be together forever. Yeah. That's why you got me the chicken nugget necklace. That's it. Me and wow. Rachel. <laughs> yes. You heard it here first, folks. Your uh, name would T-G- be Taryn. A shell or four F. Four F. We need to carve it into a tree now. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come right back with a Nashville Tour Stop podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. I'm Aaron, and across from me is... Dave Grohl. Wow. That would be great. (laughs) I would be on the floor unconscious if that was... You would be screaming, crying, and throwing up. Oh, yes, I would be screaming, crying, and throwing up, and then Dave Grohl would be laughing and sample it in a song, probably. Yep, and then we also have Miss Tori Grace here with us today. That's me. But you wouldn't have forgotten that because the commercial break was only like four seconds long. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Tori, thanks for coming on again today. Hey, thanks for having me. So before we get too deep into your music and stuff, um, do you remember how you and I met years and years and years and years and years ago? It was at Belcourt Terrace. It was at Belcourt. But do you remember the circumstances of us meeting or was it just one of those, we're just drunk here at the same bar? We met on the day that I played Nashville tour stop for the first time. Really? Yes. Because Gosh, that was so long ago. Because um Tyler Bank booked me at that time. Tyler Bank to play at 10 p.m. back when uh those 10 p.m.ers were actually like that was a dope round. 10 yeah. o'clock at Belcourt. Yeah, I can't remember who I played with. But I could go back in the archive spreadsheet and look you at it. You really should. I feel like I might have played with Nate Cook. Oh, my God, Nate Cook. Did he play rounds by himself? I don't know. Did he? I don't remember. Because he played guitar for me on a song that we wrote together. So I feel like he might have been on the round. That or I just like had him come up for a song. Gosh, that would have been like 2019, But that was the first time I played. Yeah, that was 2019. Is that the year you moved here? Mm Mm-hmm. My God. Yes. That was 14 years ago. Probably the third or fourth writer's round I played at all. Really? Where where did you play your first writer's round? Um, It was East of the Row. East of the Row at mm-hmm. Belcourt. Yeah, at Belcourt. Rip in My peace. second one was at Alley Taps, and then the rest of them were genuinely at Belcourt Taps until probably a few months into like doing music. It's funny going back into those spreadsheets because if I search someone's name, it'll just tell me how many times they've played. Like, Wait, I would love to know how many times I've played. Here, grab my backpack. <gasps> you have, after, after some data counting, Analysis. this is why I've got all these freaking spreadsheets. We went back and looked at the numbers. Tori played two shows in 2019, playing her first with Nashville Tour yeah, Stop Aaron on September Yeah, Erin didn't like me 8th. so much yet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she played nine times in 2020, which seems like uh, not that many, but I guess back then you were still staying pretty at home with COVID and everything, right? 
Oh, yeah, that wasn't my choice, but yeah. Yes. Um, and then you played 20 times in 2021, and you performed eight times so far in 2022 for a grand total of, drum roll, <laughs> <laughs> like we both win blue raspberries, <laughs> 39 times. 39 <laughs> times. That's a lot. Can that we get a lot. sound effect here that's like clapping? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Paige Rose holds a record for playing the most. I think Paige is up in like the 80s. <gasps> wow. Because she started playing in 2000. I'm going to throw a party on my 50th time. <laughs> sure. Hell yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to have 40 at the end of this month for Girl Power Night. How convenient Come is on. that? Yep, that is going to be a special day. Let's talk about that. So yes. I'm going to actually be in Paris when uh, you guys are hearing this. This comes out on... September 15th, and actually- That's the day before my birthday. It's the day before your birthday? Yeah. Aww. Wow. It's my birthday eve. So this will <laughs> come out in September when I am in Paris, so I'm going on vacation, but while I'm gone, Tori, on August 30th, is hosting for Tour Stop at the Cambria Hotel's True Music Room. But by the time you're listening to this, it will have already happened. It will happened. have already happened. And it was amazing. It was incredible. Best night ever. Best night ever. But Hell Yeah. Tori is hosting uh, Girl Power for the girls. For the girls. For the girls. For the girls. In the words of who did you say? Martina McBride. Martina McBride, right? This one's for the girls. Yeah, but we've got an all-girl lineup hitting the stage there at the Cambria Hotel that night. See, I love that we do stuff like that because I have seen people and girls specifically, obviously, complaining on social media about how. Not enough rounds do like all girl lineups, and I'm like, I do this all of the time. Yeah, you do. I do this all you of the time. You do more than most. Yeah, there's because honestly, there's enough country bro hams. Well, the thing is, you can go to any writers round if you want to hear boys' night. Like you can, <laughs> it's literally all it's, boys with like two girls. Yep, all of them. I'm, I feel like I'm the opposite of that sometimes. I want you both to know that of of the. Filming, filming, see, TV brain, of the recording of this podcast, which we're doing in late August. Right. Nine years ago last week was the first time bro country was used. The word bro country was used. Really? Bro country has been around for nine years since 2013. Who was it referring to? Oh, FGL. I would love I don't to know. Re- I, I had the statistic. I, would love to know I talked about it, it on my radio to. show because I was because we're in Nashville. I was like, haha, it's the nine year anniversary of bro country being spoken into existence. Who do you think the most bro country artist is? Hmm. Mm. Come back to me on that. I got okay. I'm not qualified to answer this. I would say like FGL, maybe Luke Bryan. I don't know. Those, at one point, FGL, Jason Aldean. FGL at one point did sound like country music. Uh, so <laughs> our producer, Will, handed me his phone searching bro country artists in Google. The top three results, Florida Georgia Line, Luke Bryan, and Jason Aldean. <laughs> the three I just said. Up next oh, Luke, is Chase yeah. Rice, Randy Hauser, Jake Owen, and Morgan Wallen. Those are That's hilarious. I was gonna, you know, I was kind of, in my mind, I was thinking like, Chris Lane. Right. I don't know why. That was the one that yeah, was in my head. That's fair. It's it's just Chase stadium Rice country. is in there too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just pop rock stadium country. And I think calling Jason Aldean music country music is kind of a farce because they're using like drop C heavy metal tuning. Yeah, I think he's more of a rock yeah, singer. It's calling like country rock at least, but like yeah. 
I think the only thing that makes it country is the song, like subject matter. Because if you listen to it, it sounds like Nickelback. It's just like, see, that's why I don't think that Jason Alvin is like bro country. Because I feel like bro country is just all the same, like long tan, like, you know, yeah, big pickup truck. I like my truck and my grandpa's dead. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I, sh- I shot my dog. And, you know, like, it's all the same. I would oh, love God. to hear you do like a full song as a bro country artist. <laughs> Wait, there's I an wrote idea. A few. I've written a few. There's an idea. Well, I don't know. I don't want anyone to feel bad, but y'all should do like not a comedy round, but like where everyone pretends to do bro country and like dresses <laughs> up. I mean, that's what my how to write a country song is for. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. It's just I'm making fun of bro country. And then I like I drink I, beer, I, literally I list- sit on my tailgate and I- Yes. Oh, uh, I sang that a couple of days ago at uh, Cambria (laughs) Hotel, and one of the bartenders, Kevin, came up to me and he goes, do you remember that band from the 90s? Mm -hmm. The Crash Test Dummies? He goes, you sing like that guy. And I was like, what? He goes, you gotta start it low. He's like, you sing the same as a 90s, like, grunge band. I'm like, oh, wow. so that is the voice. Kind of down here like this, but you add a little bit of a twang so you know that you're a country fella. Yeehaw. I'm going to do the rest of the episode with this voice. Please. And this cadence. Oh, dear. So, Tori okay, Grace, tell us a little like bit. I could talk like a valley girl. Like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Little, let's all use, let's all use funny voices now. Tori, give us your best valley girl. Oh, my God. That's actually <laughs> Wait, that really was good. great. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I should do a valley girl. Huh? We're gonna need like a bigger boat. Like, that was. I love doing why famous was movie valley, quotes as gonna, a valley girl. I was gonna say, why? Why is a valley girl in Jaws right now? Yeah, I love. <laughs> like to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I've done for I a very hair, long time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Rosemary's baby. Ugh. You have to like <laughs> hold out. Everything ends with a uh. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Wait, that was perfect. W O W U H. Wow! Wow! I'm here on the Nashville tour stop uh, and uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh my Can I get a vodka soda? Uh, uh, um, uh, oh my god! It's, it's almost like we're doing whale calls over here. Like, Oh, <laughs> I did a I did a whale call when I was a news anchor on on air. Did At you? the end of our show, we we came out of a video about whales, and I made my meteorologist, whose name was also Aaron, it was Aaron and Aaron, and I made her do a whale call before she did her forecast. And then as the show was ending, she's like, "Okay, now you have to do one." So then, like as the news was ending, I went. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Literally the news in Chattanooga. It was uh, a mess. Anyway. I think that that's one of the best parts about what we do is that, like, I used to work at the Nashville downtown hostel at the front desk. So I would check guests and from out of town. And most of the people who were coming to Nashville and staying there are people who are, like, hostel travelers who uh, – and if you're not familiar with that term, those of you listening, hostels are, like – cheap places to stay where you basically literally just get a bed and you're sharing it with other strangers, which sounds a little sketch, but it is, it's all good. But I was working, (laughs) I was working at the hostel and these people from like Europe would be coming here 
And I would just turn up my accent just a little bit because they're in Nashville. I want them to think that they're bit? showing up in the place where we a... really talk like this. That's a lot of it, Erin. That's not <laughs> a little bit. I, w- I would really turn it up. And then sometimes I would just like, I would use a different voice. Nah. <laughs> so I, would, I made like characters for myself to entertain to yourself. entertain myself at work because I was making like seven fifty an hour or whatever oh minimum God. wages, and it was trash. So the only I worked there for like two months. Never but forget, never forget. He got me settled, and I got free beer because guests would stay at the hostel and would like they'd buy a bunch of beer and can't leave with it, like they can't fly home with it. So there'd just be like a 24-pack of Bud Light. So I was so broke, but I was saving money because I wasn't buying booze. Hell yeah. Life but hacks a, with Aaron. <laughs> as a way to entertain myself, I would drink Bud Light out of a coffee mug and use my best Southern accent. Just talking to some girl from Poland, and all <laughs> she wants to do is just know what it's like to eat a pizza and a hot dog. <laughs> what is happening? Corn dog. Co- Ooh, we should talk about that. So what? I think the day that me and Tori actually like bonded. bonded when we became like better friends than we were. The best of the best. It was my twenty sixth birthday party. Oh, the day he lost insurance at Belcourt Tap. Never forget. I had pre-gamed my birthday oh, no. by going to Sushi Eighty Eight next door. Oh my god! And uh, Sushi Eighty Eight, you can get bottomless made-to-order sushi for like twenty bucks or twenty-five dollars or something. So I went there and had like five rolls of sushi oh or six God. rolls of sushi, which is way too much. I can't imagine. I would be throwing up sushi. I He did. I'm I had guessing. a full-on food baby. But I then proceeded to go to Belcourt and start just drinking everything. And Rose, she I ordered a drink. She goes, I'm not pouring your drinks tonight. I was like, oh, okay. I'll get someone else. She goes, you're pouring them for yourself. And I was like, okay. And uh, I was drinking so much, but because my belly was so full of rice, it just kept soaking up the alcohol and I couldn't get drunk. And then. Sorry. But you did. A little bit. You did get drunk. I did do well. By but the time I got there. Tori showed up with uh, such a fond memory of mine. She showed up with cookout corn dogs. I did. And I have to tell you something that I never told you until today. <gasps> Give it to me, give it to oh me, give God. it to me. My car got rear-ended in the drive-thru of that cookout. Getting- what? <laughs> Getting that corn that, dog? You see that bump in the back? You'll see it. You'll never unsee it now. There is like a dent in the back of my car. It, it Like, it's bad. And somebody hit me in the drive-thru. <laughs> All because you went to Getting those corn dogs for you. That was a great night. I never <laughs> fixed it. That's all I got from it's it. It was there. a great night. I wa- but the best part of it is that I walked in because we had talked, I think, previously about how we both loved cookout and you were like the corn dogs, man. The corn dogs. The corn dogs are a He was told me like this whole was like a tray with like the nuggets and a corn dog oh, and yeah. the double whatever. Like you had a whole regular order from cookout that you always got. And you were, I was like, I've never had the corn dogs at never cookout, had. and I, and you were like, you you have to get the corn dogs at cookout. Those are my the best part because <laughs> you were like, I have six of them or whatever. You get like six corn dogs. So then on his birthday, I went and got him like three corn dogs. Yep, and. I brought them with me to Belcourt where everybody was. I didn't know everybody was there. I knew you were just hanging out there. 
And I walked in, and as I was walking around, he was, like, fixated on, like, something in front of him. And everybody was like, is that what we think it is? And I was like, it's a corn dog. And they were like, he literally just said that he was hungry for a cookout corn dog. <laughs> and now you're just magically arriving to Belcourt with a corn dog from cookout. without oh even." God. They were like, did he text you and tell you he wanted one? And I was like, no, this was my plan all along, to show up with a cookout corn dog. I don't know if I even have so that picture anywhere it. on my phone. Oh, Do you I think bet, you have it? I feel like Tyler probably has it. Tyler Bank or Drea Gordon has it. One of the two. Aww. They And they, yeah. So the look on like, my face is, is I just it is? pure joy. It is just pure he joy. It, he's like, it was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Best day ever. It's the little things. It is the little things. And see, you can go to cookout and get the junior tray with the main course of two cookout corn dogs. With uh, then you get two sides, which can also be yes, two more that corn was dogs. what you did. Yep. You were so like, you can get four like, corn dogs for like five dollars or something. Oh my god, what a steal! Oh my yeah. god, it's amazing. It's a great way to get early onset diabetes. But I know, where, first, I know my, folks. I know what my future is headed towards. It's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> Ah, oh, gosh. Well, Tori, we've been uh, talking a lot of bullshit <laughs> this entire time. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do here in Asheville. And you, you're full time with music, right? I am. That is for a lot of people. Like you, you fucking made it. We did like, it. You did it. This we is... did it, Joe. Yeah. So, um, we. I know. I know some of the places that you play on a regular basis. But uh, where where are some of your favorite spots to to go to go gig? Um, the two most, like, most frequent spots that I play right now, and I hope that never changes, are Assembly Food Hall. I love playing there. And The True Room. The True Room. I love playing The True Room at the Cambria. That is... Yay! The, that is one of the best places to play. Casey and Kevin and Drake, all of the, like, they're all amazing, and it's a good vibe, and... The, uh... Assembly Food Hall, how do you feel about, uh, the hustle and bustle of that? Do you have, like... A good connection with the people there or is it more just like passive like your ambiance for them no it's great okay cool yeah it's awesome are you talking the staff or like the people that the come people who are there listen? watching you both honestly okay, what i love about assembly food hall is everybody is so everybody that works there is so friendly it's cool and so helpful it's like a big community of people everybody like loves their job there so it makes Aww. it really enjoyable to be there and be around those people and then the people that come through um are coming off of Broadway so they're really looking for like live music to listen to whereas in the past I've played at places where they're just really there to eat dinner and don't really care about the music on stage right. and so uh it always changes it was never like you could never expect the same thing from the audience yeah because sometimes they like hated that you were there and sometimes <laughs> they loved that you were there yeah and at Assembly Food Hall, they're always looking for live music. And they also, like, have the option if right. they, like, just want to eat and don't want to listen to music, there's seating for them somewhere it. else. Yeah. So I like that there's that option and the people that sit in front of us genuinely sit in front of us and listen to music because they they want to. Yay. And That's why they're in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's right off of Broadway, so it's the people that are looking for food, drinks, music. Right. So – but it's none of, like, the – kind of like have you eaten at the velvet taco there oh, oh every day goodness velvet taco every might be day. my new favorite taco place didn't in I, Nashville. didn't i tell you that months ago i was like you got to go to velvet taco no i had vel i had velvet taco a long time ago oh, okay okay i was going out with this girl for a little bit and uh one of our first dates was at velvet taco so up, uh, midtown yeah so midtown, good. yes here's the thing midtown velvet taco is better than the one in the yes. food hall they have a bigger menu bigger menu you and can it can get be made the fresher. coconut the coconut 
curry um, queso there, and you can't get that Stop. at Assembly Food Hall. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I know where I'm going after that this. That one's good, yeah. Honestly, it sounds pretty great. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> also, it's the, the what you just said about the venues that you play regularly, it's I, obviously a lot of people that don't live in Nashville go to places where people play music in Nashville, but you yeah. are consistently... The places you are going is literally where people that don't live here are going. People yeah. that don't live here are going to Assembly Food Hall before and after they go to Broadway. Yes. People that are at the True Room are people staying in a hotel yes. because they don't live here. So you are expanding. And a lot of them, because the Cambria is more of like a high class place to stay. It's, right. It's, um, it's not like you're playing at a garden. On the higher end. Yeah. It's like the higher end of hotels in nashville and so a lot of them are here for business yeah of them are here some of them sometimes are here for like music industry stuff so right it's a good position to be in you're singing for business people that want to listen to your music or you know you're expanding your audience out from nashville from people from all over the country in the world which is really awesome so let's keep hyping up the true room (laughs) <laughs> Come on. Casey, if you're listening to this, honestly, we I love guarantee you, you Casey. We love you. Hi, Casey. Hi, Casey. Love Hi, your Casey. face. But uh, we're actually going to be moving weekly there because we've been every other <gasps> week since we started back in November of last year. But by uh, mid September, probably definitely October, we'll be there every week. Yay. Ah, and it's exciting. just be- It's just because like that room is working so well for the hotel and. Honestly, performers, Tori's a great example of it. Love playing there. I love playing there. The stools on stage are like freaking thrones. My ass has never felt better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, some of these chairs and stools that we sit on for writer's rounds make us beg for scoliosis. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that series of words before. (laughs) Wow. But the ones at the True Room, I mean, they're – I mean, I don't have a big – Big booty. <laughs> I, don't have a, I don't have a big fat ass. Are you sure? No. <laughs> oh, let's do an honest uh, inspection right now. Just kidding. But they're so big. They're so comfortable. And that's just one of the reasons why it's it's honestly one of the more like developing rooms is just because the people who work there give a shit. Yeah. And I know that we've all played at these places. What a you- novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also that like we always have – there's always an audience of people that aren't like – at every single show. Because that's right. kind of the thing about most writers rounds here in town is the room is really full of all your friends and people who already know your music. And when you do a writer's round at the Cambria Hotel, like in the true room, it is people that are staying at the hotel and a few token people that come like to like support Nashville Tour Stop and, and see their friends play. But it it expands the audience for songwriters. Right. People like these people don't even know a lot of people who come into town as tourists or uh, for business trips don't realize that there's original music to go be heard. Right. Like there's not they don't know about writers rounds. That's one thing I've so, been making a point to do every now and then and honestly Every hour at those writers' rounds at True is introduce what a writers' round yeah. is because so many people are like, "Oh, are they a band?" And I'm like, "No, right." <laughs> it's like, not. "No, they're not a band, but the, they might know each other's songs. They might sing harmony, but they're not a band. They're yeah. all their own individual people writing their own songs." Yeah, it also gives artists who are playing in the writers' round an opportunity to make a little bit of an income, like right. make a little because when people who are listening for the first time um, are there. They see that there's a tip jar there, and they're like, "Oh, I want to, I want to donate to these artists because they realize, like, oh, these people aren't really getting paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Right? They're doing this out of their, they're taking out of their own 
day out of their own schedule to come and play original music. And it's it's refreshing. Like, it's not about money. It's never been about money because if it was, none of us would be doing music for a living. Right. You know, we don't make it's enough amen. money for it to be about Re- it. The conversation we had earlier about being broke Don't all the ask time. us but for money. <laughs> exactly. But it's a, it's refreshing because it's it gives songwriters an opportunity to feel – you feel a little important when somebody, like – when, you, when someone throws a 20 into that jar. To, yes, wants to tip you for playing songs that you wrote about your life. Right. It, it feels good to be appreciated in that way. And you don't get that at a lot of writers' rounds in town because they're all just your friends and colleagues. And That's an important distinction to make between writers' rounds at like the True Room and Broadway. Yeah. Because on Broadway, people are – are tipping for sure, yeah. But they're tipping to party, yeah. They're not tipping, they're tipping necessarily for country because girl, they care. Shake it for me, they're yeah. Not- <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know. And as soon as you play an original song on Broadway, you lose the entire crowd. They and don't want to hear it. I speak from experience. Like I, I have tried to put my original music because why am I up there singing right. "Redneck Woman" and no, sh- you know, like no, uh, no shade. hate. Yeah, no hate to like those. To those people who put out those songs, obviously they're iconic and they've done something in the music industry. But it's like I, I didn't move here to be a jukebox. I didn't right. like I didn't move here to and and quit my full time jobs to sing other people's songs for a living. I I want to tell my story and sing my songs and and yes I I do sing other people's songs for a living at my at my other like gigs. But it's ultimately like with the goal that I can afford from those tips and from those donations and the base pays and whatever to put out my music and start yes. that right. chapter of my life. Do you ever feel like people on Broadway do want to hear music, but you don't want to do it because you know you'll lose the audience? Like if there's one person who's like, hey, here's a 20, play one of your songs. Are you hesitant towards doing that, knowing that some of the other people in the room probably yeah. don't want to hear that? Yeah, but I do it anyway because if somebody puts a, t- a 20 in the tip bucket and says, I want to hear original music, then I'm like, that's amazing. Like, Great. thank you so much. And you cater to that one person because maybe you, like, help that one person. Yeah, but then the it's room. like, uh, thank you. I hope you like this one song. Come see me tomorrow at this place where you yes. can hear more of my yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's, it really is also about, like, how you present it instead right. of just being like, hey, like, here's an original song. I also I, – I kind of try to make – um, an effort to be like, hey, do you guys mind if I play an original song? Because if there's like a good response to it, if you ask them first and they're like, yeah, and then they'll hype you up a little bit. But if you're just like, here's an original song, then they're just like, I don't care. I can't sing along to this. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's all about kind of how you present it to the audience. But even then, even when they're like, yeah, we're cool with that. Go ahead. They're still like, wait, this kind of blows. Like, right. this isn't Morgan Wallen. Like, <laughs> but. That's okay. I mean, there's a time and a place for it, I guess. It's it's Broadway. People don't go to Broadway to listen to you sing your songs. They go to Broadway to get drunk and that's, that's the cry to sentence. cover me up. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> well, one day, very soon, Tori Grace, you are going to be the person that people are singing the song to on Broadway. Well, I hope and so. You, you are going to be the other person's song that people are singing. That so, would be cool. That would be really cool. Someone's going to request... The new can single sing, from Tori can Grace. Can you sing someone better? Hell if I knew. <laughs> so that's a great segue. You have a new single came out a week ago from when we're recording this, but it'll be about a month from when this episode is, yes, is out. Yes, it will uh, have been in the world. Hell if I knew. Yes. Tell us about that. When did you uh, When did you write this song? Okay, so this is actually the first song that I like 
like the writing and turnaround time for the recording was the fastest. Like I wrote the song. I took a month off of writing in July. Um, I was really depressed and really just over – I felt like I was overworking myself and I, I just needed to take a break. So this was the last song I wrote before I took that break. And it was also like the first song I'd written in a while. I, I Like I – in June I took like a couple weeks off and then decided I was going to take all of July off. So I had taken like two weeks off. I wrote this song with Chris Sly and Mary Cutter And I loved it so much that all of July, I was like, I'm just going to put this song out. So it was literally, I went in the last week of July, recorded it, and put it out two weeks later. That's cool. So I I just loved it. And it was like the one song that I had in the palm of my hands that I was like, if I'm going to put out another song soon, because I had already put out Someone Better, and that was kind of like a devastating, sad, you know, a really sad heartbreak breakup song you know and if I was to put out the other one that I had um waiting to be released it was also a really sad breakup ballady song you don't want to keep releasing sad breakup yes I didn't want to do back-to-back sad because I already put out half-hearted this year which is another like power ballad but still a sad breakup song so I needed to put something in the middle there and we wrote the song after I'd taken a couple weeks off. I And honestly, I just canceled all of my rights those two weeks. Like, as they came up, I was just like, hey, I'm not doing good. I need to take some time off. That good was for, when Good I, for you. That was when I decided in all of July I was going to just wipe my schedule and not do any writing. Because it's important. And, like, you – it's too easy to feel like you're working on a you're working on a, a small timeline in this town because they call it the ten year town and that can really get to your head mm-hmm. and you start to feel like if I'm not hustling and bustling right now, then ten years from you know I only have ten years and and if I if I do, if I stop what I'm doing right now, I'm gonna lose that month and and then my ten years is gonna come fast and everyone's gonna forget about me and I'm gonna like lose everything I've worked for and so you just keep pushing right. yourself and overworking oh, yes. yourself because you're afraid that you're gonna be forgotten and like afraid that somebody's gonna do better than you. But th- the thing is, there's always gonna be someone better than you, and that's what I had to realize. Like. You, there's always going to be somebody that you feel like is better than you and you're always going to feel like you're not the best but you can always be the kindest and the hardest working and and the most in touch with yourself like those are the three things you can control and so I, I just realized like maybe part of being the hardest working is realizing when you need to take a break and I literally just wrote it down the importance of taking a break literally yes. I everything you just said is resonating so deeply with me because before we even started this episode I was telling Aaron how for the last 13 months that I've lived here I've basically worked three to four jobs constantly I'm always working and I love it and it brings me joy but in the last couple of weeks I have realized I drastically need to slow down yeah even though I've been happy it has deteriorated me in other ways and yeah. that's such a hard thing to decide to do. I mean, look at Sean Mendez. Sean Mendez literally canceled, canceled the rest of his tour. tour. He's yeah. Sean Mendez. But that's so important because yeah. he recognized he, he won't knew. be able to keep giving. He's not the first artist to do that no. either. No, I've seen it like a lot Char- more lately. Charles, uh, Charles from mm-hmm. Lady A, like yeah. they just canceled, they just canceled, canceled an entire tour. So that he can work on his sobriety. Because yep. yeah. he knew, like, that's the thing is 
part of being a hard worker, like you can't do your best if you're working from an empty cup all the time. Yep. No. Just because you're going and going and going doesn't mean you're doing your best work as you're going. Right. So, and I, I was really just feeling like I was walking into these rights and walking into these gigs drained emotionally and physically, and I, I wasn't giving my best to them. And I, that was when I realized, like, I really am, I'm walking out of these rights feeling like I'm a failure because I'm not able to, like, do my best for these people that I'm working with. I'm wasting their time. I'm wasting my time. We're writing songs that are just going to sit in a list of songs that were written and forgotten forever because they were they suck. Yep. Like, I'm not doing I'm not doing my best work, and that's when I, like, need to take a step back and just stop doing it and, like, rediscover that love and that passion for creating and, and writing music. I'm going and through the same thing right now. I have I think, I think in 2022 I've written, like, six songs total, which given the volume that we've written them in the past, that's – like that's like not that's nothing yeah and it sucks but yeah when you're emotionally and physically drained you don't you don't want to go be creative no yeah like the last thing i want to do after going to, after working a tour stop show is drive home and listen to more music no yeah the number of times i have driven home in silence yeah almost every day because like it's over you're overstimulated by this, yeah. the same thing and if you keep stimulating that thing you don't get to rest yeah just like if you go to the gym every day can't be leg day yeah. <laughs> like day. Preach. <laughs> so what do you do to unwind? What what like helps you recoup? It's kind of uh, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, anyway. Wait, you should start a series of that called Recoup. But I don't recoup. So okay, but you I need, need to work <laughs> on it. But that's the thing is you need to. Okay. <laughs> And this uh, will be my deserve, first inspiration of how to do it, deserve, Tori Gray. You deserve to rest. So it kind of has changed over the years because I was never really like a sit down and like force myself to watch TV kind of gal. Um, I feel like it's a waste of time, but it honestly isn't. And so if you are smart about it, I guess. So I would always say like, oh, I go to the gym, but that's already just a part of my life. Right. That's not really like a wind down activity for me. It's more of like a wound up activity. Like I'm, wind it up. I oh my God. Yeah, right. I have to tell you something off air about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So <laughs> or maybe I can say it on air actually. But anyway, um I used to like say, oh, I will go for a run to clear my mind. But honestly, when I go for a run is when my mind is running the most wild and I'm thinking about everything. Right. Um, and when I'm at the gym, I'm thinking about everything. So more recently I've been watching like documentaries and listening to podcasts. Um and it sounds silly, but Caller Daddy is my favorite podcast. And it <laughs> used really to be very, one. it used to be very like kinky and like sexual. And now she talks to people about real life, like uh, mental health, right. and and like she doesn't really talk about sex anymore. But she like it, it's really educational now. And I, and I love listening to her talk to other women and like hearing other people's stories. And um, it, it's a good way for me to take the focus off of my life. And like what's going on in my world, and just listen to somebody else talk about theirs. Um, it, so, like the Shania Twain documentary, I just watched it the other day. Awesome. <laughs> I need to see it. It's I need awesome. to see it's it. Called Let's Go Girls. <laughs> should have been. Um, it's on. It's on Netflix. This is a. This is not a paid ad, but go listen. Go watch. Um, I, think that's I, I watched that's... a documentary called I Just Killed My Dad. Okay. Oh, wow. It was incredibly – did you watch it? Wait. It's incredibly I, I, interesting. I just started it. I need to keep okay, watching it's, it. Yeah, keep okay. watching it. Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, yeah, I watch documentaries. I watch movies now and just like force myself to take my phone, put, put it, it on away. airplane mode, throw it across the room, yeet it out the window. Yeetaw. And, <laughs> <laughs> and focus on watching a movie and taking my mind off of the what's phone. going on in my world. Right. Because that's, that's always We're constantly been, accessible that's always been because my of issue, these things. Is I'll turn on a movie and I'll just sit there and be on my phone the whole time the movie's on. Yep. And I always blame it on like, oh, I just can't focus on one thing at a time. But it's like, okay, but I focus on this all the time. For all of the time. And this is one thing. Yep. So I have to be able to like take myself off of what's going on in my life and my world and put the stressful things away and just focus on watching a movie and focus on that's how I've been winding down. Do you think our generation is more prone to like depression and anxiety and all that stuff because of these things? Yes. It's been proven. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like we're constantly available to be reached and that is a that's that's not good. It's good to literally unplug. So something that like because we're doing the tour stop shows all the time and there's there's like 180 a year or something, 200 a year. That's so many days of the year to be at a bar. Yeah. If, if it, I wasn't working, someone would call it alcoholism. Yes. Exactly that. Yes. But the last thing I want to do on a day off is just go back to a bar. Exactly. I want to. I want to eat instant mashed potatoes in my underwear. But then you start to get a little bit like, of I don't know about you, I get a little depressed and get FOMO when I'm not at those bars. Same. Because then I like have these texts from people saying, come to Red Door. Come like come, come to Live Oak. Come to this. Come to that. And I'm like, I'm so tired. But then I'm like, I feel bad and I feel like I'm letting them down as Oh my God, this is me. This is because me. They, because I never see them. But it's like, I, I can't go to the bar. Like if you want to hang out with me. Come sit on the couch with me. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to go out. Because if I'm going to go out, I feel this pressure to look the best. I right. feel this pressure to like, you okay, have to be on. now I have to like do my hair and my makeup oh my in God, case I run into me. somebody important. Now I have to show up and stay the whole night and say, I'm just going to stay for one drink. And then I leave at last call and I'm drunk and I have an $80 tab that I can't afford. And I'm going to wake up with anxiety and like. Dude, this. <laughs> It's just this this spiral. It's just a spiral, and it's ongoing. Like yeah, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, alcohol is literally a depressing agent, and then you drink because you're sad, and Stop. then you're like, oh well, this thing is making me sadder, and I understand a lot better why some people go through, or I say go through, while they why they choose sobriety is because it literally makes them not feel sad. Yeah. I, I totally understand that now. Nashville and, is, I've said this since I moved here, and I've only been here a year. Nashville is the city for people with FOMO. Everybody oh, yeah. has FOMO all the time because everyone spreads themselves so thin. And like there's eight different shows or 12 different shows they could all be at in the yep. same night. And they're show hopping, which is great. I love a good show hop. But it's constant. I always feel like I'm letting people down when I don't show up. Now that I have my new night show and I can't come to show, that's like the one thing that's really hard about it yeah. is I can't come support you guys as much as I'd like. Right. And I'm like, I'm missing it. I'm letting people down. Yes. But then also <laughs> as an artist, like I struggle with feeling like if I don't show up to everybody else's stuff, how can I expect them to show up to mine? Right. But, I've, and it's, I've said and that it's, exact thing. It's so hard because it's like sometimes I have to draw that boundary and say like I'm too tired and too worn down to go to all of these shows because of my schedule, how it is already. I put myself and my music and my career first 
And that's like, that's for the first time in my whole life that like I've wow. taken care of myself first. I think that um, our generation is becoming that like the workplace is changing and our approach towards work is changing because we understand better than I think our parents' generations did. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not just having a bad day. Like this is clinical depression we're yeah. talking about, stuff like that. And it's like the importance of drawing that line will help create the barrier between like, oh, I'm sad and this is what depression is. Yeah. But then I feel horrible asking people to come to my stuff because yep. I'm like, I don't come to your stuff and it's not because I don't want to hear you and I don't want to support you. It's because I'm either already booked for something or I'm worn out. Like I am, I'm, I am spreading myself thin all the time. That's mm -hmm. why I took a whole month off of, of writing and just focused on gigging and putting away money. And like, it's like if you turn around, you can more. see my calendar for a Nashville tour stop. There's two days that are blank right there. Yeah. And like, that's insanity. And that's, yeah. that's just my work calendar. That's not like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with this person. Yeah. And those two days, somebody's going to be like, hey, I have a gig on this night. You should yep. come. And you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything that night. And then that day comes and you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything this night. Like I was supposed to rest. And now I feel like I have to go to this thing. When I'm super stressed out, my stress and anxiety manifests in two different ways. I get uh, muscle spasms in my eyelid. <gasps> I get too. a twitchy eye. Yes. Uh -huh. And if it's not that, my jaw swells up. Not because I grind my teeth at night. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that I'm going through right now. So, like, I can't touch my molars on the left side together. I can't chew food. Oh and gosh. it's because I've just been so stressed wow. to go, 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 go. I, like, bite the side of my tongue. And I have, like, really? sores all the way up my tongue right now. I catch myself, like, chewing on my cheek mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like a nervous tick. So you said wind it up. That's exactly. Okay. You knew exactly what I was quoting. Okay. Yes. So there's this Bayman. girl on TikTok. <laughs> up top, Girl Scout. <laughs> um, there's this girl on TikTok and she has Tourette's and she like all of her TikToks are just her like insane like tick episodes of, like they and they just like. They're insane, okay? It's like, very severe Tourette's. It, yes, yes. And she is so funny. And, like, I don't know if she's trying to be funny. I, I assume that's why she's, like, on TikTok because people think that her tics are funny. And, and But she does, like, educate people on, on what it's like to have Tourette's and what her tics are like. And she seems like she's super cool. But there was this day, and it was, like, a few days ago, that I took um, – a little too much THC. And by a little too much, I mean 16 milligrams. And I was laying in bed and it hit me like a ton of bricks and I couldn't stop twitching. Like I could, I was shaking and I was twitching and I made this list on my phone of all the things that um, I feel and discovered about myself when I was high. I'm ready. Okay. And... One of them has to do with feeling like I might have Tourette's. And <laughs> when when I reflected on that, I realized it's because I watched too many of her videos on TikTok. Because <laughs> once I start, I just have to re I have to look at them all because she's just so entertaining. So the list says things I notice about myself when I'm high. I'm pleasantly surprised <laughs> that I formed such full coherent sentences when I was as high as I was because I was unwell. But the first thing on the list is I eat pretzels with my head against my pillow in bed simply because I like the feeling of the crunch in my face. 
I twitch a lot and shake uncontrollably, and I can't stop thinking about the likelihood of coming down with Tourette's syndrome. There it is. <laughs> oh my God. There it is. My mouth feels fuzzy. That's I say that one three. a lot. I hate this. That's number four. <laughs> number five is, oh my God, I just listened to myself singing online, and now I can't decide if I'm fucking atrocious or incredible. <laughs> wow. The last one is, I ate all my damn pretzels and it has an angry emoji. <laughs> that list deserves to be framed and put in the Frist Art Museum. Yeah. I know that I'm high as soon as my uh, nose starts to itch really bad. Oh, no. I can't stop doing Like, I can't, I can't stop fussing with it. I know I'm high when I feel like the world looks like that filter that used to be on i um iPhoto on your laptop the iMovie thing oh you know? the and it's the like photo booth. This, yes the photo booth and it's like the circle and then like pff, like the big fade out you know what i'm talking about like there's like the circle for yes. your face and the focus and then like just it blurs <laughs> out from there wild that's what my life feels like when i'm that high. when you're stony baloney the highest i've ever stony been in my life and stony baloney well, uh, Tori, to tell us what's coming up for you. Segue. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> um, yeah, uh, music. <laughs> and roll credits. Thank you for it. <laughs> you, um, if you want to hear uh, Tori do a song called Just Friends, she was on, uh, was it our second or third episode of Trinsetter's Showroom? Second. Yeah. You can find that on Instagram or on YouTube. It's Go beautiful. watch Tori's interview there and – that was uh, supposed to be my next single at that time. And um It'll be one of the next singles. It'll come out and it's gonna come out before the end of this year. Okay, I, great. It might be the next one. But I don't wanna promise that it's the next one because you know, something always happens. It was supposed to be my next single at that time. And then someone better blew up on TikTok. And, you know, then you start to feel like, okay, well, being an artist is actually about algorithm and right. and numbers and catering to what everybody else wants. Roll your eyes. I hate it. I think it. we all saw Gag that post a couple of days ago that's like artists are told to become masters of like the algorithm yeah, or something instead, instead, of, instead of masters of their craft. And that's yeah. true. It's like we're trying, we're just chasing a number of plays that means fucking nothing. And it's like this fantastic song that you wrote might be watched a hundred times, but some dude getting railroaded by falling off of his skateboard gets 10 million views. Like it's stupid that that's kind of the world that we're living in. Yeah. And I think what happened with someone better too, like kind of proved to me that I shouldn't just listen to what TikTok wants, like listen to the numbers and like look, pay attention to like, the the algorithm type of thing because I that song hit 1.5 million on TikTok. I had 50,000 pre-saves. And that wow. Song, and that song hit has three thirty thousand um streams, streams on Spotify. So that means that everybody so pre-saved everybody it didn't, pre-saved even, listen it didn't it. even listen to it. Wow. Right. That's completely it, backwards. It's so annoying. Be- and and this audio of the TikTok because it went viral five days before it came out. Like it I um, put it out and it hit like 300,000 or whatever. Three, yeah, 300,000 views and people were like, put this out. So I was like, okay. It was my first time like getting traction on a song on TikTok. So I was like, okay, I should put this out like right now. And then I, five days before it came out when it was ready for pre-save was when I posted it again and it hit 1.5 million. It was like perfect. I hit that sweet spot of like, did oh my god, my song's gonna blow up. Pre saves? What? Did it, did it chart at all? No. 
it that's didn't even crazy. Get, no, it didn't even get playlisted. Like that's the other thing. It like it didn't get put on even like the like the fresh finds that wow. is this, like the easiest one to get on. Like it didn't playlist at all. It had it just hit thirty thousand streams. Like it did nothing. So the this is why I say, because I know I come on here and on my platforms too, I preach all the time about, you know, use the tools you've been given. You need to be using these forms of communication that are free and available to you to be successful. But at the same time, I never want people to think when myself or other people say to do that, that I'm saying to like change what you're doing or to completely rely on them. You're, what you just described is a perfect example of how you need to use these tools and be strategic with it and smart about using it to an extent, but never let it control who you are because people come to you for who you are. You mm -hmm. should never change who you are or completely rely on the numbers to release whatever you want to release. Yeah. But that is a perfect example of using the tools, it benefiting you to an extent this first time around, but also not being perfect and not being the end all be all. Oh, TikTok is the only way. It's not. No, it's not. So, but it is. It is a good way to connect with people that have gone. I try to use TikTok to tell them the stories of the song before I present the song. I try to use the t like TikTok to talk about my life and things that I've been through and hope to connect with somebody that's been through the similar thing, like the same thing or is going through the same thing or something similar and connect with those people because that's kind of my goal is to just sure. write songs that help other people feel heard. Yeah. And that was the reason that someone better blew up the way that it did was because I talked for a minute before I posted this, before I shared the song. Like I talked about why I wrote the song and what happened. And then so many people were like, this went, I, like I went through the same thing. This happened to me or I'm going through this right now. And, and that happened the first time I posted just friends too. Like people were like, Oh, I'm going through this right now. I just broke up with my best friend. And that's why I'm on TikTok. It's really not about the numbers, but I do think it's frustrating that once you have that kind of like success with those numbers and then it doesn't turn out the same way yeah like, then you just rely on it's still a game you're it changes the way you look at it and then you're like i have to blow up on tiktok again especially because people in the music industry are like paying attention to that and it's so stupid because oh, we could sit here and vent yes for vent vent anyways just friends will probably come out next Woo! because it's one of my favorites but if you want to hear an acoustic version of it, go watch uh, Tori on Trendsetter Showroom. Yes. You can hear that song. Tori, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tori underscore Grace. Tori spelled with a Y. T-O-R-Y underscore G-R-A-C-E. You can also find me on TikTok at Tori Grace. Or you can find me on Facebook and all streaming platforms under the name Tori Grace. You sure can. Uh, or as my phone calls you, Troy Grapes. <laughs> Troy Grapes. <laughs> Troy Grapes. <laughs> Troy Bolton's evil twin. It sounds like a it sounds like a Bostonian being like, "You should Troy Grapes." Recently, I'm <laughs> recently I'm Tony Tony Grace. That's the, that's Tony the newest. Grace. That's the newest Instagram account. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast today, Tori. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Where can we find you? Well, I was going to say you can find me at Tony Grace <laughs> five six seven. <laughs> now you can you can find me at on air with Aaron with a Y. You 
E-R-Y-N, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, and you can listen to me from 6 to 11 p.m. weeknights here in Nashville on Hot 106.7. And on this podcast with my best friend, Aaron. Hi. Where can we find you on social media, Aaron? You can find me at the Aaron Schilb across platforms. Uh, you can also follow us at Nashville Tour Stop on your social media places. Uh, check us out at NashvilleTourStop.com for our full live event schedule. We do lots and lots and lots of cool stuff with lots and lots and lots of cool people. Uh, I'm sorry you uh, won't get to go to the uh, all-girls show that Tori is hosting because it will have already happened. But you can go watch highlights from it on our Instagram. There certainly will be something there for it. But uh, please remember to share the podcast with your friends. We have a steadily growing listener base every week. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for listening, everybody out there. Please uh, like and review it on your social media platforms or your podcast platforms. Uh, that five star review means a heck of a lot to us, and I think we've only got like five five star reviews right now. I'm so give you one right go now. leave a five star review right now. Help us get into your friends' phones, your friends' cars, wherever they listen to the stuff. And until next time, do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville Tour Stop. Yeehaw, oh, motherfucker. motherfucker.